Hi everyone, welcome to Step Zero. On today's episode, I have someone very, very unique uh, joining us. Uh, she represents a very interesting combination of professional and personal expertise in the fields of clinical psychology, as well as HR and tech recruitment. So let me introduce you guys to Mirella Toko, who actually has agreed to join us today and share her experience, mainly focusing on uh, the fields of recruitment, as well as some interesting topics of how to actually relax and rest uh, uh, after work and find your balance after um, your working hours. Mirella, I don't think I can actually thank you enough uh, for joining <laughs> Us, um, and being part of our, our journey uh, at Step Zero. But also, I would love it if you could maybe take the chance to introduce yourself because I know that there's a lot of amazing projects that you're also working on privately. And I think it's just fair that you take the initiative to introduce us and our audience to it. Okay. Uh, first thing, thank you for having me. It's really, really nice to be here today. Um, so yes, I mean, you already mentioned some things. Um, I'm a clinical psychologist. I also work in recruitment. Um, I come from like a cross-cultural background. Actually, I'm half Brazilian, half Argentinian. I lived in both countries. I also lived in Spain and Germany. Currently, I'm living in, I'm based in Barcelona. And yeah, I'm working as an IT recruiter for tech startups and I'm also a psychologist. Uh, I'm also like working in my private uh, practice. Uh, doing some counseling with cross-cultural people, third-culture kids, and global nomads. Well, that's honestly, like, I think uh, some of our guests might already know that I'm, I'm absolutely obsessed with, the, with science and also anyone who comes from a scientific background. So for the fact, like for me, when I first heard that you, you have a practice as well in, in clinical psychology and you use your, your background as well to, to improve um, a, a company's position, especially when it comes to recruitment process on, on topics related to mental health, I actually was more excited than I, I should have been or I just would like to admit. Um, one of my questions actually would be, it's a very genuine question, um, do you think that your experience in clinical psychology helped you uh, with your work in the, field, in the field of recruitment and, and people leading positions? Mm -hmm. um, you mean like interviewing people, especially? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Interviewing or any area where you feel that being a psychologist allowed you to be a little bit more sensitive to these topics or also more aware of what is happening with an individual going through these quite stressful times, right? Definitely, yes. Uh, I think uh, being a psychologist gives you like uh, some skills, let's say, or you're maybe more aware of to be more sensitive to some topics or uh, things. Mm -hmm. And you can see you're writing an interview. Sometimes it's quite difficult. I mean, you just have 20 minutes, half an hour, one hour to interview a person. but. Um, yeah, definitely. I think it helped a lot. Yeah, you, so you have a feeling that you also pick up on people a little better. You have a better understanding of what exactly um, they mean with certain things and, and how they react to certain questions and what's the background behind that, right? Yes, uh, I think so. I, I don't know if better or I, it's the right uh, answer, let's say. Um, but definitely, I will say uh, you have more sensitive. Uh, you're more sensitive to that. So let us take also a step back, because obviously I picked on immediately the fact that you're a clinical psychologist. I have to apologize <laughs> to our audience on that, because I do that all the time. Um, but I also would like to ask you the one big question. Obviously, you have the expertise. You put a lot of effort into studying the topic to, to really become who you are. Um, and now in your working and professional experience, do you think that there's enough talk or enough action currently happening in the modern workplace when it comes to mental health? 
Definitely not. <laughs> uh, Would you mind maybe elaborating a little bit on your experience on, on sure. the Sure. Well, uh, I think uh, people don't feel safe enough, let's say, to talk about it openly. Um, I think there is still this feeling like you feel shame to talk about it openly or you might not be trusted mm. by, by your work because you're seeing it here. Recently, I, I saw a survey made uh, in the UK. Actually, it's time to change. I don't know if you're familiar with it. Um, it says that uh, almost 60% of the British people that were interviewed uh, mm. said that they would not hire someone with depression if it's the best candidate for the job. You know, so it's not surprising you, many people's not talking about it openly, but right. So yeah. I don't know, I have the feeling it's just, uh, we're told to, we have to go to work and put this bright side face and everything has to be fine and we're super effective and um, it's not like that, right? Oh, absolutely. And I'm actually really happy. Just for our audience, I will definitely ask you for the link uh, for, for that yeah. um, study. I have put a lot of effort into also looking into some of these studies and, and, and UK and Australia are definitely leading. And um, it's not that 60%. What I learned was actually people, I don't exactly the exact number, but who come forward with their mental health struggles and they already work at the company, they felt that they have been, or this revelation negatively influenced their perception or career progression as well. And that's not okay. It's not okay because just because you have mental health challenges, it doesn't mean that you're, you're broken. It just means that you're a human being. And that's just what it is. It's exactly on the same level of physical health and mental health. And these topics just need to be addressed without the stigma. I'm actually really happy that you also mentioned a couple of things that we see recurring or hear recurring during our podcast. Shame comes up quite often. Even just yesterday in one of our conversations, uh, it's a very, very big topic. Trust and communication and, and having a framework to work in. So I'm really happy that our expert network that we're bringing together really kind of refers to the same topics that we need to address and look at. Because at the end of the day, it won't be rocket science. It would be us being humans together in that process. So whenever you recruit, and I know that this is the, the field that you're currently um, active in, it's a very, very stressful environment, as you said. So whenever it comes to your operations and your recruitment efforts, does mental health ever come up? Have you had an experience of an individual actually saying like, look, I had a burnout, I had depression or anything um, in the field of mental health? Mm -hmm. Well, yes, but it's not unusual, to be honest. I mean, people tend to avoid talking about it or you can see they don't want to talk about it at all, right? because they know or they think that would mean they're going to be rejected because of this for the role, right? Mm -hmm. So maybe there are some people talk about burnout or moving, but nobody talks openly about depression or anxiety, let's say, right? At least my experience, right? Mm -hmm. um, so I think the, the fear is being judged by their mental health problem instead of their work. That's what you, you said before, right? Um, that's the main problem, I think. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. The judgment and the perception and expectations, right, that arise from you thinking that there's a stigma around it, which, which unfortunately there still is. We're making progress, right? There's a lot more companies opening up, especially in, in these very challenging times and circumstances that we're all in today. Um, 
But what about you? How, how do you approach um, mental health during interviews? Do you take this more proactively? What is your take on, on this when you're in that interview? Mm -hmm. Well, not proactively because I'm not allowed to ask directly to the candidate like about mental, uh, mental health problems. Uh, that's not legal, but I mean, if the candidates bring it up, I, I talk about it, right? But I think there are other ways to support mental health, let's say, right? Uh, so for example, in my opinion, one of the most important things is getting the right person for the job, M meaning if there is a mismatch between the, the new hiring, the workplace, because, I don't know, skills, abilities, business needs, uh, it can lead to intense stress for that person, right? So it can be not good for them. So for me, the most important thing and how to try to approach is being transparent, being realistic, and definitely establishing some rapport with, with them, right? So making clear that it's not a competition, it's, a, it's just a match about experience, culture, environment, and team. Um, so another thing I try to do, for example, is try to, to explain to them about the work environment and the company and I know just ask them about examples or really stressful situations they had, how they handle it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I just try to give them some space to feel comfortable. That's one of the most important things for me as well. So, so for them to, to feel psychologically safe, let's say, during interviews. So normally when you do that, uh, you, you see they tend to be more open and they're likely to share more experiences, even the negative ones with you, right? Um, sorry, just one more thing. It's uh, because I think the whole idea of doing an interview is just to get to know the person, right? And the other day I read an article which was really, really interesting, a sentence uh, specifically. It says, uh, being more human doesn't mean being less professional. That's for me, my, my motto, let's say. I, I honestly love that because that's at the end of the day, we're all humans. It doesn't matter how tech driven and we mentioned that your organization is at the end of the day, it's, it's people connecting, communicating with each other, actually putting the heart and soul into those operations. And I took lots of notes and, and, and um, I, I took out a couple of things as in psychological safety. You see that in bigger corporations right now, how important that's becoming. It's occupational safety, psychological safety, occupational psychology. These are becoming relevant terms that are not just buzzwords. These are things that can be acted on and we really need to do that. And the fact that you mentioned that, I think it's it's, it's yet another um, calling to take action. We need to do something about this. And, and providing safety someone, not just in a physical environment, but as a human being in that moment is, is just as important, if not more important. The same thing also of asking people with examples. You know, you, you talked a little bit about um, behavioral questions as well, understanding how people deal with um, stressful situations and, and getting to know them is what's going to, at the end of the day, make that individual want to work for you on the long run because you create that rapport. So that's really, really great to hear. Um, I, if I remember correctly, you also worked in Berlin. Is that correct? That's right, yes. Yes, so you do have the experience of our crazy city <laughs> without the sunshine. Um, I actually had one question because, and I think it's Barcelona is also very, very similar in the sense that you have a lot of international people and, and that's one of your fields as well. People come in with international backgrounds and you realize that in these cities, um, according to the reports as well, you know, London, Berlin, just to mention a few, they seem to have quite, um, 
uh, a heavy percentage of reported mental health challenges in, in the workplace. Do you think the fact that these, these um, countries and cities and markets are so international, it has an actual impact and influence on these percentages of how many of these individuals are challenged in, in their mental health? Definitely. <laughs> yes, I definitely think so. Uh, I mean, a lot of people going to Berlin, Barcelona with a lot of expectations, right? And for some of them, it's the first time relocating from abroad to a new country. And when you're living in your hometown, like your home country, it's starting fresh, you have to adapt to a new culture, right? A cultural differences. You may have cultural shock depending on your coming from, where you're coming from. Uh, sometimes a new language, a different uh, code of conduct. So it means it's more challenging for you if you compare it with a local person, right? Um, so I think it's quite normal that newcomers experience stress, sadness, insecurities, uh, relationship difficulties or just like the lack of support, right, uh, with those people. Um, yes, definitely, I think uh, something you can, you can see. I'm very happy you say that because um, I think both of us, I mean, we have lived, we, we come from different backgrounds, we both relocated, lived at different places, so I can really relate on, on a personal level to what you're saying. Remember the first days uh, of, of coming to Berlin, as, as exciting it was, I was terrified. <laughs> terrified. And I remember uh, joining this one company and it had so many international people and at, all of a sudden I felt home, you know, I felt like I had a family within in, in a company. Where do you think, and, and that's just a little bit of that follow-up question, the company's responsibility comes in when they hire so many people from different cultures, what can they do to make sure that this lack of support, uh, cultural shock is limited to, to the greatest extent or there's a better level of support and, and um, atmosphere, even support system in place for their new employees. Mm -hmm. So first thing for me, it's uh, being supportive, like try to understand when the person arrives, you will have some time to adapt. I mean, that person will have a ramp up, which would be longer maybe than a local person, as I mentioned, right? Um, also being supportive in terms of like, uh, I don't know, try, try to connect people, um, just to get a new network, new friends, to have support. And um, yeah, I mean, just support people coming from abroad. Yeah, and, and that's on, on a professional and personal level as well. It can start with, I don't know, just uh, the idea of housing, right? How to find something. Uh, in Berlin, it's crazy right now. So I think everyone needs all the, all the support. It's really going with looking at the person at an individual level. And, and you talked about being human. I, mental health doesn't get more personal than anything else. It is the most personal topic that you can talk of, no matter what environment you're, you're actually looking at it. I, I know that, you know, like once you work with people, you hire them, they start with the job, and, and you mentioned a lot expectations. Um, I know that too. Uh, yeah. First of those expectations is your own unrealistic expectations of what you should be doing and, and, and where you should be going. So you have the tendency to overwork and just not know how to disconnect or switch off after work. And you and I talked a lot about that in the preparation for the interview as well, how important that is. Would you mind actually sharing some tips and recommendations and your thoughts of why this is so important to our audience as well? Because I am sure that anyone and everyone listening here, including myself, would love to hear the secret of how to actually switch off and relax once again with work. <laughs> Sure, uh, but first thing I have to say, there is no perfect or magical recipe for that. Um, 
what's really important is to understand why it's really right, why we need to, to disconnect, right? So I think there is a lot of risk to have more psychological consequences if you don't, right? So that means having physical health problems, feeling emotionally exhausted, sleeping problems, or having stress, burnout, having anxiety or depression symptoms. Um, and it also, you can see that reflected not just in the workplace, but also in your personal life. I don't know, you can have maybe some problems with your partner or with your friends because of this, right? So um, also, I think it's really important to disconnect to be able to reconnect, right? So I don't know if it happened to you, but I think disconnecting makes you reconnect way much better. Like, otherwise, your attention goes uh, low, your concentration as well, you're not that productive and efficient as before. You get, like, irritated, right? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, as I said, there is no, like, perfect recipe for that. Every person is totally different. Um, let's put an example, right? So let's talk about Netflix. Uh, at Netflix, you have a huge library of movies and TVs, and not everybody will choose the same the same movie or TV show, right? So every person is different. And with that, with that I mean, like, you may never choose Game of Thrones. Like, uh, might not, I might not choose a specific technique uh, to disconnect from or such mindfulness. I don't know if I'm being quite clear with this metaphor I'm trying to do. Uh, it's I'm trying to say everybody's different and there is no, like, perfect tip, right? Um, also, there are times when perhaps no tip will work for you. Uh, so there are times when you say there are no good TV shows on the TV right now, right? So um, that doesn't mean you want to reconnect with an old or new technique. Meaning if I used to go running to disconnect from work, uh, maybe right now it's not working, right? That doesn't mean in the near future it's going to work again, right? Um, so yeah, I mean... There are some things that we can do, it's shown and that has a positive effect on people. First is, the first more important thing is to identify the, identify the cause, right, of why that person is not able to disconnect. Um, then also another important thing to do is finding out which are the things that person already tried to solve the problem, right? And of course, then we have these activities, the tips uh, you were mentioning before. Uh, the most important things about those tips, I think, it's like you have to freely choose them, right? So it's based on your personal interests. It's not just go on that tips, list of tips and say, hey, I'm going to try this or this one, right? Um, in any case, yes, I mean, we have some different types of activities. There are the typical quiet activities, such as watching TV, reading a book, painting, lying on the couch, or me time, let's say, right? Um, Within this kind of activities, we can find relaxation. I mean, when I say relaxation, a lot of people think about like uh, mindfulness. Yes, it could be practicing meditation could be good, definitely. Uh, but there are also other activities in everyday life, such as taking a bath or going for a walk or listening to music that also helps and that counts as uh, relaxation. Mm -hmm. Um, then we have the social activities, uh, meaning uh, connecting with people, right? So going to a party, going out for dinner, meeting, uh, like meeting or calling a friend, your partner. These activities are good, right? Then, for example, for people who work uh, with cognitive challenges, let's say tech people, for example, right? Um, what it works for them normally, it's uh, challenges and learning new skills. That means Coding, playing around with new, new tools, new softwares, playing video games, playing PlayStation. 
um, attending to a course, uh, learning a new language, or how to play a new instrument, things like that, right? Um, but yeah, I mean, I can go through less uh, the whole day. Uh, there are a lot of activities out there to do. But another one important thing to do, for me to do is um, definitely resist the temptation to check into work, right? So not answering phone, call, phone calls or emails after work hours, unless it's an emergency, of course, but uh, setting boundaries of your working hours to keep your life work, uh, work-life balance, sorry, right? So that's one of the most important things. Yeah, I actually love that. So I was taking avid notes again. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> saying, um, I, I love that you say that, you know, there's, there's different ways of relaxation, for example, mindfulness. I'm more of a fan who, uh, of a person who actually does um, active meditation. So for mm-hmm. me, it has to be um, some physical activity, taking my dog for a walk or listening to audiobooks while I'm walking with her or being in the gym or for Mateo is being outside for a run or PlayStation. Um, but yeah, there's, there's a lot of different things, you know, and I like what you mentioned about getting out of your space, doing something else for a little bit. You talk a lot about learning and education and this came up before. So, so important. Understanding, first of all, what you're, what you're going through. And um, I, I would love to uh, repeat that, but I think it's for, for time reasons, it's better that we're going to include the summary into the podcast as well and some of your tips and tricks as well. Because whenever you talked about, you know, identifying the cause, looking at what you've done before, and then look at your tips as well. It's, it's really important. It's a process that has to be done. It starts with you. You need yeah. to understand yourself before you start implementing solutions. And what really makes uh, a difference here is committing to them. It's committing to yourself. Like those activities really have to do, and you have to set boundaries, and you have to be tough on yourself, which is quite often, you know, it's easier than it, uh, or actually much harder than it sounds. So I would love to actually include that, but if you think about that right now, are there any forums or any blogs or content providers or organizations that you could recommend that we, we could potentially draw our, our audience's attention to, um, that they could look through when they're looking into these specific topics? Mm-hmm. Definitely. I mean, uh, there are some uh, people working on mental health work. It's, uh, they have a lot of resources and papers like shown, uh, like, for example, about meditation, relaxing, you were mentioning as well and time to change actually it's uh you know it uh, mentioned that thing before exactly. right? yes i really have to check it out i wasn't familiar with it before but that's gonna be the first thing i do after the interview <laughs> it's uh it's just a mental health campaign in, in england and it's quite recent actually i think they're starting in 2017 okay and uh it's just they're, they're trying to reduce the stigma right especially at work yeah. um so definitely i think yeah. Those are the important ones, yes. That's that's honestly really great. And and as you said, like trying to reduce the stigma, it's, it's a long way to go. And that's why we're here as well, to, to create a community. And as the, the closing, I wanted to say thank you again for being part, to share um, all your tips and, and your experience and feedback in, in the field of clinical psychology as well, as well as working with individuals in, in, in the field of recruitment. I think it was very useful to our audience. And um, just to you guys out there, we'll make sure that we include Norella's contact details as well her tips and tricks all the links possible and that will we'll make sure that you're able to actually get in touch with her and ask her any questions um, she's definitely someone based on if you allow me to say that who really wants to actually make a difference and take action so i can only recommend you guys to reach out for a conversation Thank you so much for your time. I hope we're going to be able to bring some um, other and more conversations back. 
And to everyone out there, thank you so much for joining us. Um, as we said, mental health is personal and we feel very privileged to be able to be here and share these personal stories and experiences and um, professional feedback with you on, on mental health at work. And we're gonna continue our work towards removing the stigma uh, of mental health in the workplace and making sure that we raise awareness of the importance of the topic. Thank you all. I hope you tune in with us in the next one as well. Thank you so much. And Mirella, thank you very much again. Thank you. Thank you for having me.